Welcome to the Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday and welcome to the Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. And I'm, I'm not even going to, I don't know, do I go on with a long intro for our guest? We all know him. He's been on the show with me like a million times. He's one of my good friends. And of course, I'm talking about Paul Davis, like internet social media safety guru. I, I was asking Paul off the air. I'm like, Paul, I'm like, what's your company called again? I'm like, I've known you for so long. You're a good friend. And I just know you as Paul, right, Paul? I know you as Pina and that's how we roll. <laughs> that's how we roll. That's our thing. But Paul, okay, joking aside, you are like the internet safety guy for Canada. Well, thank you. I appreciate that <laughs> honor. Uh, I'm just a, uh, a cyber dad who likes to educate. Um, I don't really look at, you know, titles and statuses. If I, my whole objective is to go out there and help you help your audience, help kids in schools, help law enforcement, help parents. And, you know, you can call me what you want. I just want to be known as that guy that helped people. So. Oh, I love it. And you know what? You are the guy that helps people. You've helped me numerous times. You've helped many of our listeners, um, online parents, um, at schools, because that's what you do. You actually go around to schools and talk and educate the students as well as their parents, right? Yeah. So in the, well, right now, virtually, I will deliver presentations for grade four, fives, and sixes, and they get an age-appropriate presentation. I'll do one for grade sevens and eights. That's more intense, more mature at their age level. I have one for high schoolers, and then I come back in the evening, and I address parents. So if I were at an elementary school, effectively, I'd be doing three sessions per day. The sessions for students are an outreach uh, with projects after my virtual delivery, and in the evening, it's about 70 minutes plus Q&A. So we'll deliver it virtually now, uh, but you know, interestingly enough, tomorrow uh, I'll be en route to a school and uh, doing it in person. And so oh, some nice. schools are having me in person, which is amazing. But I have to respect a lot of the restrictions with most school boards and that we'll still do virtual for now. Up until, of course, humanity returns. But right now I'm flexible. So if a school says, come on in, I'm coming in because nothing peanut beats the human element. Being oh, in front know, of an audience. Paul. Like, you know, same thing with me, like I'm teaching, you know, I teach at Humber yeah. and I have, I've still been online and I miss being in class with my students. It's not the you same. Know, it, you feel the energy of the audience. That's number one, but the interaction. So you can dictate how a presentation goes by reading their body language. But the best part for me afterwards is the high five, the handshakes, the yeah. thank you with the parents. I've had parents just come up and give me a hug and you don't get well, forget that, that now. Yeah. Not happening right now. <laughs> I mean, even when you and I were in studio, you know, reading your body yeah. language and the giggles that we'd have off air, like that's missing right now virtually. Yeah, I can see you and where you're at, no. but you know, that's missing. So I, it's an important part of effectively communicating the message. Thankfully, virtual will let me share the message, but right now yeah. it's behind, you know, a screen. I know. And you know what, actually, um, I think it was June. I was, we were homeschooling and I was walking past one of my daughter's computers. Um, and it was my daughter, Samantha, who she's in grade five now. So grade four, I'm walking past her computer and I saw you on the screen and I was like, oh my God, I'm like, Samantha, that's Paul. She's like, mama, she's like, we're in the middle of a presentation. Can you please be quiet and leave me alone? And I'm like, I thought the camera was on. So I started to wave to see if I get your attention. She's like, the camera's off. And I'm like, 
fine. I'm leaving. Goodbye. I'm like, but listen to what Paul has to say. I'm like, you better listen <laughs> and listen. Good kid. So you're one of those creepy moms because we have those when I do these <laughs> presentations. So when I was doing virtual in, so now it's virtual in the school, but when I was doing virtual in the home, I would have parents email me saying, I know you may be bothered by this. I'm sorry if this offended you, but I listened in with my child and I was taking notes with much. I'm like, yes, I know it's going to happen. But I thought it was cool that these parents would leave their job and come and listen to the presentation with their kid. Those so- are smart parents, <laughs> Paul. Yes. smart parents. Um, I saw Samantha, she was taking notes and she made me so proud. And I was just so happy that um, I had no idea because I'm I'm one of those parents that like, there's so much going on that maybe I miss an email or two or 10 from the school. (laughs) So maybe we got notified saying that you're going to talk to them, but I didn't know. And so I was really happy to see you on there. And um, honestly, if there's any educators listening right now, you need to check out Paul and you need to get him to come to your school virtually in person, whatever the scenario may be, but you need him to talk to the students and the parents of your students. So really quickly, Paul, where can they find you? We usually do this at the end of the show, but I, I, I want to do it now too. Where sure. can people find you if they want to book you or just even get more information? Sure. Visit my website, social networking safety.net socialnetworkingsafety.net. There you go. It might be easier to find me on Facebook. Just type in Paul Davis Tips, P-A-U-L-D-A-V-I-S-T-I-P-S. That'll bring you to my Facebook page. My Facebook page links you to my website. But on my Facebook page, every day I upload it. I update it with one tip, uh, tip, trick, whatever. It's about safety. If there's nothing um, that is serious we're talking about, I'll try and make you laugh and post something that, you know, is technologically humorous. We're trying to make a change. We're trying to inspire parents. So that's a knowledge base for you, which will lead you to my website for you to connect with me to bring bring me to your school. Amazing. Amazing. And so, Paul, it's been a while since we've had you on. I love to have you on a few times a year uh, just because, listen, the Internet is something that is a huge part of like the majority of the population's life. Okay. And these kids younger and younger, they are, they have access to technology and the internet and social media, you know, it's right there at their fingertips, whether it be at school or at home. And there are like some amazing pros to technology, to social media, but there are some like pretty heavy and scary cons that if you're not prepared Um, as a parent, it's really easy for our kids to, um, fall down a not so good hole. Is that right to say? Like, uh, how would you word it? I call it the rabbit hole. So yeah. And and it can get pretty nasty, right? When you say nasty, um, from a, you know, mentally scarring perspective, yes, it can be, and it can be everlasting. We'll talk about uh, today the pillars for online safety, um, how to prevent kids from falling into that rabbit hole. Listen, when I talk about tech, the word no is the most positive thing you will hear. I do corporate presentations in, for cyber safety. And the third, line, the third slide is the words no and do not are positive today. Because if you go against what we've guided you in terms of what not to do, it'll mm-hmm. cost you a lot of money to fix with kids, the word no is positive, although they perceive it as negative because it's it's perceived as taking away their fun. So I talk about where they shouldn't be. And then at the end, <clears throat> I talk about where they should be. So when you said 
you know, it's amazing. Well, number one, it's connecting you and I because we can't be virtual. So this is an amazing yeah. piece. But kids have so many other positive things they can do online. They're going down the path, that rabbit hole of stuff that's going to hurt them. So when we do discuss the pillars for online safety, it'll be the foundation for protecting them from falling into that rabbit hole. And then when they are old enough, <clears throat> it's understanding the platforms that they're on and how to the best of our ability, keep them safe. You know, I'm going to be doing a segment in about a week from now. My kid wants, it's called my kid wants social media. What now? And it's basically what's the first platform we think about if we're going to put them on. But when we do hit that platform, we're going to have some rules in place. And we're going to talk about those rules and parents have to abide by those rules so we can make it an amazing experience but the rules are incredibly important to respect and to follow just like you have rules at work and on sports teams and at school these rules online are incredibly important and when they're broken kids get hurt absolutely and listen i'm all for like breaking some rules here or there bending some rules but when it comes to online Mm -hmm. and my kids no No, there's like, it's a non-negotiable in my house. My kids do not have, and I talk about this all the time, and it's because I've got, you know, a little version of Paul on my shoulder. It's like, he's like Gazoo from the Flintstones. You guys remember Gazoo from the Flintstones, that little Martian with a big like helmet? Anyways, that's Paul on my shoulder. So it's like, Pina, you know, um, watch what your kids are doing. Um, Monitor limit the time on there. And my kids, Paul, you know this, if they want to get on the iPad, they have to come to me to unlock it. They don't have the password. And a lot of people look at me and say, but Pina, you are, your main business is online. You are a content creator. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And that's why I know to do all this stuff because it can be super dangerous. You don't just give your kid an electronic device, you know, oh, here's the tablet go do your thing, stay on it all day. You don't know who they're talking to. They've got all the social media accounts. Like, no, I don't have any of that. My kids are, Samantha is uh, 10, Liliana's eight, Marcus is turning six, zero social media accounts, you know? And um, and they know, they do say sometimes, oh, like so-and-so's on TikTok. And I'm like, that's nice. <laughs> I think it's hard You're for, um, yeah, I think it's hard for some of your maybe friends even to actually acknowledge that although that is your business you as a parent it's your business to protect them and know that although i'm a social media content producer their life is not on there and that you absolutely can't separate that but some parents blend it all in together saying you know what whatever i'm on no be a parent you are a content producer that's your business they are a child it's different Exactly. Exactly. We are talking all things social media, internet safety, because guess what? The kids are back in school now and uh, they are going to spend a lot of time online in class, maybe at home too. So let's prepare ourselves. Let's learn the tips and tricks from Paul. So we know that our kids are safe online. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more. You are listening to The Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Now back to The Parenting Show. 
with Pina Crispo on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back. You are listening to the Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. We've got my good friend, Paul Davis, joining us on the show today. Paul Davis is an internet social media safety guru. He's the man. He's the guy, okay? He is who you want to listen to when it comes to um, not only protecting ourselves as adults online, um, but our kids, because we all know, right, Paul, more and more kids are like, they're, you know, way younger than they should be. And they've got access to social media accounts, or they're asking mom and dad for social media accounts. Um, And there are things as parents, we should allow and things as parents that we shouldn't allow. And not because we're mean and cruel. It's because we care and we love our kids and we want them to be safe. I'll repeat that. It's because we care and love our kids and we want them to be safe. And some parents want to be friends with their kids and we need to be parents. So before we start about talk about the three pillars of online safety, a quick reminder to parents, you are allowed to say no. The word no has not left the English dictionary. It is there. It is useful. And it is very, very beneficial right now. So when I say no, meaning no social media till you're 13, no smartphone till around middle to end of grade eight, no technology in your bedroom at home. No, I'm not giving you a 10 gigabyte data. Like you're allowed to say no and don't feel guilty about it. You will be made to feel guilty about it. You will be told I'm the only one, but no, these are all guilt trips. So let's talk about the foundation for online safety. There's three simple rule parents. This is easy. Okay. Number one, no technology in your child's bedroom. Tablets, phones, computers do not belong in your child's bedroom. The number one reason your child has a wonderful gift. It's called curiosity. Curiosity in their bedroom by themselves, combined with the gift of curiosity and technology collectively, is a recipe for danger. Technology is to be used in that common area of the home where you, parents, guardians, and caregivers can be there to guide your child with that gift so that they're utilizing it safely for the purposes of education and entertainment. So we need to find a common area where that technology resides. Rule number two, do they need a smartphone in grade four? No. We need to rethink this whole strategy. Most adults don't know how to use a smartphone, but we've empowered a child to use it. Middle to end of grade eight is a suggestion that I will promote. Why? Because give me the practical reasons they need it before that. And if you're going to say in case emergency, which I will not challenge you on, buy them a flip phone. And you might be laughing, but I've been saying it for 10 years. Look, you know, when I travel internationally, I don't bring my four smartphones. Yes, I have four smartphones. I bring my (laughs) flip phone. Why? Because it's the most secure device in the world. So I actually make flip phones cool for kids because it is the most secure device in the world. It dials 911, costs you $15 a month. Oh, by the way, no one's ever going to want to steal it from them. So there's a benefit (laughs) to a flip phone, right? And now they have- Listen, if it's a Motorola Razor, I don't know. Those were pretty hot back in the day. They are. In fact, that is my flip phone, the Razor. It's still, I'm not lying. It still works. And so it's amazing. If, you know, if the argument from parents is going to be, I need to talk to my child, you got it. And now it's not going to distract them, right? Yeah. Number three, no social media until they're 13. Look, this is in my rule. It's called the terms of service. Before you enter into anything online, you've agreed to terms of service. Have you read it? No, you've just clicked okay. But you know, Instagram, 13, TikTok, 13, Snapchat, 13, Facebook, 13. It states you will not use the platforms until you are 13. Now, I have to go by the terms of service. Many parents have said not till 14, 15. I'm not going to argue with them, but at the very yeah. least, we need to respect the rules. And 
you know, for the parents who are being pressured, that social media can be a benefit in the classroom because, you know, a teacher went to a conference and was introduced by not social media has no business in an elementary school classroom. Make that perfectly clear to anybody who promotes it to you. It has no business in there because it leads to the peer pressure of a child getting on it against their parents' wishes. Yes. And I have to say last year, while there was that five minutes that kids were in class, (laughs) (laughs) I remember hearing a mom of a child who was in an older grade, I think maybe grade six or seven. And um, one of the assignments involved, brace yourself, Paul, I hope you're sitting down because I nearly flipped a lid. Um, This assignment required them to do a TikTok. And I was like, whoa, what? No. Like I teach at a college level and I teach media branding and creative content development, which is all social media. And I teach it for the radio broadcasting students there. Right. And they need to create content. And, you know, that may involve an Instagram reel or a TikTok or whatever it may be. But I'm dealing with adults. I'm not dealing with kids who are actually under the age. Right. And teachers are giving it out as an assignment. Thoughts? Yes, I'm adamantly against that because what you're doing is you're promoting a platform uh, they're not allowed to be on. What we're doing is we're trying to be friends with our students when we need to be an educator. So we want to conform to what allegedly is happening. We want to lead by example. If that teacher had to say, look, I would like for you to record uh, a dance routine. And because we have Google Classroom, you can securely submit it to me. And we'll put a collage together and present in the classroom. Absolutely. That's thinking outside the box. That's fun. That's safe. Exactly. They're engaged. They get to create the video. They get to submit it to the teacher safely on Google Classroom. The teacher stitches it together, makes a video. I get all that. But to encourage them to go to a platform they're not old enough to be on. And the most invasive platform for privacy violations. And platforms that hypersexualizes children is absolutely no, I would, I would have a big issue. In fact, there's a teacher in, in our province who um, is not in a good position because of what they encouraged their kids to do on a social media platform. They were too young to be on. Um, it was brought to my attention um, and it just it didn't end up very well. I don't want that for teachers. We need our teachers to be leaders and not to conform because they have so many other amazing, incredibly amazing tools at their disposal. And so to encourage that, Absolutely not. And Paul, I hold on. Let me let me play devil's advocate here. And you know these are not my words because you know me too well. Right. But what if a parent says to you, "But Paul, listen, my kid is on social media, but their account is locked. So they're on TikTok and it's locked, and I see who they follow. So it's all good. Like that's fine, right?" Every time I hear that, it usually accompanies the phrase. And I trust my child. (laughs) Look, number one, everybody who follows that particular account can save the content in that account without knowledge permission. People say, well, no, I prevented the ability from my TikTok to be saved. Lies. I can save Green record. Exactly. There's, There's so many ways to do it. So many different ways. Come on. Let's say they have an account with 10 real human followers. Here's what that parent does not know. You know the For You page on TikTok? 
What is it suggesting to your child? Well, TikTok is the platform for the hypersexualization of our children. So I have, and you have to understand, I will not use TikTok on my primary phone because it's an invasive app. And anybody using TikTok, it should be on an old iPhone, iPod, iPad, Android, that's factory reset. Don't put in your $1,000 phone with Google Pay, Apple Pay, banking credit card. That's a privacy conversation. Just take my advice. Don't do it. On my other advice, uh, accounts, I have five different TikTok accounts. One of us is a 13-year-old, one's a 15-year-old, a couple of our adults. And TikTok is amazing in its algorithm at understanding what the individual is consuming, liking, sharing, and spending time on. There's an amazing piece. I believe it was in the New York Times, and I'll share it with you that you can share with your followers. Mm -hmm. And that TikTok has basically understood what you love and it keeps suggesting it over and over and over again, all the while inserting into what you love content that it might think you will go to. Well, a lot of that content is sexualized. And if someone shows an interest, well, guess what starts appearing in the For You page? And so these pranks, these sexualized uh, videos are all being shown to your child in that private account whom you know all the followers of, but you don't know what they're being subjected to. And therein Absolutely. lies the huge problem. Yeah, because listen, I I have a TikTok account um, and I will sit there and I will go through my For You page and the stuff that comes up is just absolutely out of this world. Sometimes I, my mouth just drops and I can't imagine, you know, a child's coming across some of this stuff because yeah, it doesn't matter if you have a locked account or not parents, exactly. it does not matter that for you page is there and you can't avoid it. So it's there. You don't know what content is being delivered straight to your child in the palm of their hands. And so the argument to say, yeah, but my child has, has an account. I know all the followers. It's, it's locked is not a valid, a valid argument. That argument does not have a single leg to stand on. And right. right now, like, you know what I mean? We talk about the sexualization and stuff like that. And that is like the biggest thing. Okay. That to me is like sexual exploitation is number one. My number one reason why I need to be on top of my kids, why my kids don't have social media. And listen, if you're one of those parents that your kids have social media, I'm not trying to like, you know what I mean? Um, punish you or, or judge you. All I'm saying is we got to be wise and we got to be smart on how we approach this stuff. Right. Right now, Paul, there's some funny stuff going on. I say funny because I find it absolutely ridiculous, but there's a trend happening on TikTok. Um, and it is, it's so stupid. It is absolutely <laughs> like mind-blowingly stupid, uh, but it's getting a lot of kids in trouble. What is it? Do you want to talk about that? It's getting kids in trouble. It's costing parents money. It's uh, involving criminal charges. It's getting kids suspended from school. So a week and a half ago, approximately, a trend started called the devious lick. Well, it started off as the lick and then became the devious lick. And effectively, uh, kids walking into bathrooms and stealing soap dispensers, parts of the toilet, just a sense of accomplishment that I stole it and I made it out of school. And then it expanded. So you've got soap dispensers, you've got the um, components at schools, uh, in bathrooms, but now it's moved. This is the worst part, Pina. It's moved into the classroom. 
teachers have had their possessions stolen. Things oh. from personal possessions, yep, including phones, staplers, things that the teacher requires to function every day. It's, got, it's ridiculous. And what these kids are doing is that they're recording it, they're posting it online, and they're bragging about it. Sorry, and, but that is like so stupid. Yeah, and you know, listen, considering the consequences that have come as a result, forget about the criminal activity, forget about the charges. You know, you're taken away from all the privileges you have at school. Some schools have removed so many things. With There's one school in the United States, you now need to sign in to go to the bathroom and sign out. Good. You know what? They're doing doing it to themselves. And, you know, we can talk about this more after, um, but it's really, really uh, getting out of control. Now, there's only two positives. Number one is that most trends last for two weeks. And they fizzle out to be, you know, replaced by another trend. And most of these kids getting um, found out is as a result of their followers. So we've got these really good kids following these people posting this stuff in private accounts. Remember the private account? They're capturing the video. They're sending it to the principal saying, look, I don't agree with this. Our washrooms are being destroyed. Our teachers crying because something was stolen. And so they're giving the evidence to the principal. So that's a, a good lesson in that. We have kids speaking out against it, yeah. but it just overtook North America in a matter of days. Yeah. Uh, I saw one of my good friends. Uh, that's inappropriate, which uh, her name is Meredith. She's in Florida. She's a content creator. And she actually posted a reel about it last week. And I was dying of laughter. Like she just hit the nail on the head. So parents, if your child is on TikTok, maybe just review review everything with them and maybe have a little chat with them too, because it is so easy how quickly things can just spiral out of control. We are talking online safety, social media safety with Paul Davis on the show today. Don't go anywhere because we will be back with more. You're listening to The Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is Sunday night and you are tuned into The Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca, and I've got Paul Davis with me, good friend, dad, and of course, what we all know him as, social media safety, I like to call him guru, because you know what? In my eyes, he is. He is my go-to Um because I'm fortunate enough to have him as a friend so many times I'll often like often text him or call him with a question. Um, but Paul, honestly, on behalf of like so many parents out there, I know you go around to schools across Canada and uh, the United States. I have to say, thank you. Thank you for everything that you do because it is so easy for us as parents to just think, okay, you know what, here's the device, take it, whatever, what, what harm is there in this? Right. I know things a little bit differently. I'm a little bit more, you know, involved in that social media world. So, you know, I know what is probably good for my kid and what isn't just because that is my, like, that's my world. That's my business. Right. So for those parents that aren't having someone like you to go to the school to educate their children and then educate themselves, I think is a service that like we all need. And that's why I'm really happy to have you on the show today. So Paul, we were talking a little bit about TikTok before, and we we're talking about this, this trend, the devious lick that hopefully is on its way out now. It's where the kids steal items from school and, uh, and they're posting the videos to TikToks. Smartest thing? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, but off the air just now, 
we were talking about how that can be prevented. And you said something that makes so much sense. And it's so simple. Paul, what is it? Before I tell you first, uh, you're welcome. Um, thank you for your <laughs> kind words earlier on. Um, I'm happy to help. Just one thing, Pina, please. No more texting 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> okay. That's the problem when you give your cell phone number. Oh, be anyway. quiet. I do not. He's just saying that for the show, guys. Exactly. 1045, I think. was. <laughs> okay. So I've been to some uh, independent schools, private schools, and they have what are called cell phone hotels. Basically, they're shoe hangers, meaning child walks into the classroom. They put their phone in their designated assigned slot. They're only allowed to touch that device if instructed by the educator for an assignment. When they're done, they put it back. Some schools have gone away for the day. Um, sometimes after I've left the presentation, I don't convince anyone to do this, but I give them guidance. And so here's what happens. A child comes to school with device. They put it away. If they're not instructed all day, they're not using it until they leave. What does this allow? Number one, no phones in the bathroom. Well, you can't create a video if you don't have a phone in the bathroom. What a novel concept that is. And before this trend took off, I said, what is the benefit of the cell phone hotel or away for the day? No phones in bathrooms, locker rooms, change rooms, recess, lunch. We're allowing our, ki we're allowing our kids to play with each other. At lunchtime, talk to each other, you know, human interaction. They'll yeah. go to the bathroom and come out of the bathroom. They won't spend 15 minutes recording, texting, and doing other inappropriate things with their devices. So we allow our kids in elementary school to effectively be kids, interact with each other, the benefits of body language, listening and respecting each other, and not being distracted. And the schools that have gone down this path, not one of them has ever come back to say it was a failure. It didn't work. For schools who've actually gone down that path after being a BYOD school, the initial pushback was from the parents. But then the principals have told me they've eventually accepted it. And one principal, I'll never forget his words from Calgary, Alberta. He said, Paul, I listened to you many years ago. My school was away for the day. I moved to a new school. It was BYOD the next year because I didn't want to do it mid-year. I said, beginning this year, away for the day. And he said, and I quote, drama down, cyberbullying down, average marks up. Fantastic. There's, there's something to that. And I believe technology as an educational tool. And for every school who's asked me, I said, look, you want a great combination? If that kid needs a device, a flip phone, you know how much that costs? $75. And you know what's really cheap is a Chromebook. And considering that Chromebooks plug into most school boards because of the Google Classroom, a Chromebook is $250 to $300. So for under $400, you have a Chromebook with a full keyboard and a screen integrating into the Google Classroom for the purposes of education. And you have a phone that's away in case of that emergency. But okay. the smartphone is the distraction in the classroom. It's proven. Now, only individuals that are politically incorrect will go out and tell you that because everyone is afraid to speak it because we have a lot of policies at schools saying BYOD, BYOD, BYOD. And I respect that, but at schools, they can implement their own procedures in terms of how they will utilize that. And so if we implement that, guess what? We have no videos in the bathrooms and we've got no trends on TikTok that support that and encourage that. You are bang on. And I really wish that um, a lot, like all the schools would have that policy. I know that at uh, my kid's school, 
I haven't been able to walk into the school for a few years now. Isn't that crazy to say? Yeah. Uh, thank you, COVID, for that. Um, but the times that I would have to go pick up my kids early and I'd be in the office um, and it would be around home time, all the students would actually have to drop off their cell phones to the office. So not only their teacher in, the, in their specific classroom, they would all go down to the office and then they would pick them up at the end of, at the end of the day. And I think that that is an amazing rule because there is no reason why these kids need to have a cell phone with them in class. No reason. Well, you'll be shocked too, or maybe you won't be shocked, but although they do distract each other by communicating, do you know that parents have actually contributed to the distraction? Parents texting their kids in the class. How's your day? Are you having a good day? Did you eat your lunch? Who did you play with? What do you want for dinner tonight? I'm going shopping. I mean, teachers have told me a ton of stories because they'll see some of the texts coming in and they're distracting the kids during the day. And so some of the parents are contributing to the distraction. So listen, you and I and every kid today with no phone in school is doing amazing. They get dropped off at school. They get picked up at school. Please stop looking for the excuses to have that device, because in some cases, Pina, it's selfish on behalf of the parents. All right, Paul. So, you know how before I said, like, I'm not here to call any parents out and I'm not judging any parents. Mm -hmm. Okay, hold on. Let's rewind a second. If you're one of those parents, I'm totally judging you. I said it. What are you doing? (laughs) Your child is in class. They're in school to learn. They need to concentrate. That I'm not about. It doesn't even make any sense to me. You know what? I, okay, hold on. We need a break. Time out. We need a break. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back while I try to understand and comprehend why. Why? But we'll be back with more with Paul Davis, social media expert, guru, educator. Don't go anywhere. This is the Parenting Show right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Now, back to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back. You are tuned into Global News Radio 640 Toronto, and this is The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. We've got Paul Davis joining me, my good friend and social media safety expert, educator, and guru. He's like amazing. He is like the go-to guy when it comes to online and social media safety. So, Paul, we were talking a little bit about um, TikTok. We spoke about kids. We we, We spoke about, you know, hey, heads up, parents. It's written in black and white. You gotta be 13 years of age or older to have a social media account. If you didn't know, now you do. No excuses. Um, but Paul. What do we do with the high school students? Because this is where stuff gets a little bit, you know, it can get really crazy. It can get really out of hand very quickly. And it can get a lot of kids into some serious, serious trouble. They're over 13. They have the accounts. But are they using them wisely? Well, this is where education comes into play. And uh, respectfully, you know, the way I treat high school students is with a ton of knowledgeable respect. And number one, I break down how technology works. So once I break down how technology works, I give them guidance because when they're told not to do something, you know, they're looking at the person telling them, is it a person who's knowledgeable in the field? Or is it a person just sharing a message that they heard? And they really, that's how they'll pass a lot of judgment. 
when I come in, I break down tech and then I give them directives. So for example, on a platform called Snapchat, it is the number one communication tool amongst teenagers. We all know that. It's also the number one misused communication tool because it's the number one sexting platform, sending nude or inappropriate images or sexually explicit videos. So you've got this communication platform that's also misused. So my strategy is, look, I'm not telling you to get rid of Snapchat. In fact, it's a really cool platform. My strategy is to tell them, here is how technology works. Here's how pictures made up. Here are the lies of Snapchat, which we don't have time to get into, which is how images actually do not delete and where they're retained and how they can be retrieved. But now that you know that I broke down how technology works, I shared with you the lies of Snapchat. If you use it for what it was meant for, for that purpose of communication, taking pictures, sharing with your friend, it can be amazing. So the objective is to guide them with education and facts and then lead them with direction. But going in and saying, don't do this, don't do that, just because I'm an adult, you're the student, does not work. So what's been successful for me forever, give them facts, define it, and then give them guidance. And it's a good thing that Paul is the one to go in and talk to the students and the educators and the parents, because if it was me, I would simply go in with one goal in mind, <laughs> scare the effing shit out of these people, out of the kids, out of the educators, out of the parents. <laughs> We're on Zoom right now doing the show. And Paul is just like, <laughs> he just covered his face. He's like, oh God, Pina, only you. That's right, Paul, only me. Cause I can read your mind and I know what you're thinking. But seriously, I would go in there and I'd be like, you guys want to know? You really want to know what's going to happen? This is all going to happen. You want this to happen? I don't think so. So is that not a good approach, Paul? Yeah, not an approach that works very well with high school students. <laughs> and so- Look, I have this uh, firm belief. I deliver facts in my presentation, but I've got this belief. Um, if you are good in a certain field, you go in and you convey that with directives and kids subscribe to them. So I respect every police officer that walks into a school yeah. to try and educate. Um, regretfully, a police officer will be in there one day talking about gangs, the next day talking about violence, the next day talking about technology. Well, they're not an expert in that one field. They have a general message for multiple fields. But when I come in with my knowledge and background and say, guys, I get you. I respect you. I'm not here to take away your fun. But now it's time for choices. You know, you have to make these wise choices. Based, and I don't instill values, morals, ethics, religion, spirituality. You could. It has no business in my presentation. Yeah, but it's, when it's they, not needed. Exactly. But some people come in from that position. And I want to come in from a position of here's how stuff works. This is why I will tell you not to do this. And this is why I tell you spend time over here. Most listen. Now, some still are in denial, will not believe, cannot be convinced. But most of them, most of these kids get it. They're amazing and they will make wise choices. And yeah. the one thing, and you can see it. I mean, we're on Zoom. No one can see it. But behind me, you see that model, the internet never forgets. That is in every one of my presentations. I yeah, start that's off your with saying. It. That's your thing. It's your motto. The internet never forgets. And it doesn't. And it doesn't. Because it doesn't forget, it's not forgiving. So, you know, when I showed at the beginning, in the middle, when I have this topic on inappropriate images, sex thing, and then at the end, it really resonates with them. Because when I say the internet never forgets, it's not forgiving. It doesn't care that you're upset, hurt, crying, angry. It's always yeah. going to remind you of what you did. And so you made a choice at 15 years of age to do something. Well, at 25 and 35, that choice can come back to haunt you because that thing called the internet 
never forgets. And the other thing I want everyone to listen to is that the word delete is a myth. It's never existed. It never will. Stop believing it. Absolutely. And I want, I want to make two points. Paul just said that um, it can affect you as an adult. The decision you make as a teen can affect you as an adult. And I have seen and heard some crazy stories about kids losing full ride scholarships. That, that's one example of how it can screw you up if you're not smart about it now. And if us as parents do not take action and do what we need to do to protect and educate our children. Okay. And number two, here in Toronto, if you think that sex trafficking doesn't happen, think again. And it can happen with children as young as grade seven, grade eight. So think twice because that is not an easy situation to get out of, but it can be pretty easy to get into. It's a whole separate show, Pina, but I can tell you the um, human trafficking issue is so bad that right now what I've done is I've offered every school who retains me, um, they're going to get my regular parent message, but I created a new presentation called Sexuality, Social Media, and Smartphones, which every school who retains me, those parents who signed up for my presentation, once a month, I'm going to host that and those parents can join me for free because I need to get that message and then that message human trafficking is incorporated because it is an issue beyond comprehension. And it's not just Toronto, Pina. It's in the small towns like Port Colburn, Niagara Falls, Windsor. It is throughout this province, throughout this country. It is serious. And parents need to be educated on it. So it's a great point, but we need to talk about it at a different time. Absolutely. So I need you to make me a promise because we're wrapping the show up. It's coming to an end. But before we say goodbye, Paul, Promise me that you'll come back on the show and we'll talk all about like a show focused just on sex trafficking and internet safety. I promise it'll be intense. It'll be dark, but it's important. And it's, it's something that we need to talk about. Thank you so much, Paul. Um, If people want to find you, where can they find you? Social networking safety.net or go to Facebook and just type in Paul Davis tips, T I P S and you'll come to my Facebook page. Guys, if you miss any of the show, you want to listen back, you can do so on our podcast. Just check it out wherever podcasts are, iTunes, whatever floats your boat, because you're not going to want to miss some of these amazing tips and advice from Paul. Thank you again, Paul. And we will catch the rest of you guys next Sunday, 8 p.m. right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Pina Crispo, chicmama.ca, and you've been listening to The Parenting Show. 